Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. We give you all the honor. We are grateful, Lord, for the gift of life, even for the opportunity to be gathered here. We are not discouraged, O oh God. We are strengthened, knowing that you are with us. The word says, where two or three people are gathered in your name, you are there with them. And so we know that you are here with us, in Jesus' name. As we are about to share your word, we pray, Lord, that you speak to us in Jesus' name. Father, give me utterance. Take absolute control of my mind and my mouth, O oh God. Speak through me in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that every heart that is receiving this word will be a good soil for your word to, to, to bear forth fruit in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about the priesthood of Jesus Christ. The priesthood of Jesus Christ. And... Um, from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 15, the Bible says that, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The Bible in this text is telling us that seeing that we have a high priest who is Jesus Christ, who has passed through the heavens. Now the concept of priesthood was introduced by God in the Old Testament. The family of Aaron were selected, the Levites were selected to be the priest in the Old Testament. And as part of their responsibilities, they were supposed to take care of the temple. They were supposed to become the singers, take care of the temple, as well as serve in the temple. And among these priests who were elected during that time, there was one person who was elected the high priest. And so he's also in charge of serving in the temple. And the high priest was the only one who could go into the holies of holies. And so we they had the courts, and then they had the veil, and then behind the veil was the holies of holies. That was where you had the Ark of the Covenant. And so that was seen as the presence of God. The holies of holies was covered by the curtain, the curtains or the veil. And so the high priest only goes into the holies of holies once a year. And when the high priest was going into the holies of holies, he needed sacrifice, blood sacrifice for himself and then he needed blood sacrifice for the people. And so the sacrifice for himself was to, was to cover his sins. And then he also needed sacrifice for the people to cover the sins of the people. So he went into the temple, of, first of all, to pray for his forgiveness. And then to pray for forgiveness for the nation of Israel. And so the high priest would dress in a way that the, he had bells around his feet. And so when he was in the holies of holies, which was seen as the presence of God, as he's performing his service, the bells will be ringing. And when the, the bells stop ringing, they know that the high priest is dead, which means that he was not qualified to go to the presence of God or there was something in his life that was not right going into the presence of God. And so apart from the bells, he had a rope around his waist. And the rope was in the outer court. The edge of the rope was in the outer court. 
And so when the bell stops ringing, what happens is that because nobody else is qualified to go into the presence of God, they will have to pull him by the rope and bring him out. That is if he dies in the temple when he's performing his service. And so the high priest will go through the court, go through the veil, the veil and then go into the presence of God. In the Ark of the Covenant, there was the mercy seat, there was um, um, the, the showbread, there was the Aaron's rod that burdened, and then there were cherubims who covered the mercy seat. And so that was the presence of God. That was seen as the presence of God. And this was an example to us, telling us, you know, everything that happened in the Old Testament was a shadow of the New Testament. That was symbolic, telling us that the access to the presence of God has not yet been granted. And so up to that point, when they were in the temple and they were serving, nobody had access to the presence of God. That is why the high priest could only go to the presence of God once a year. When Adam lost the presence of God in the Garden of Eden, nobody had access to that presence. And that was why the veil was there to cover them from getting access to the presence of God. And the high priest could only go to the presence of God once a year. And even that, it was a serious it was a serious thing because if the high priest does not qualify, if anything happens, the high priest will die in the presence of God. And so the Bible here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, saying that seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. And so before the high priest in the Old Testament gets into the presence of God, that is the holiest of holies, he has to go through the court and then go through the veil. And this is also telling us in the same vein, we also have a high priest who has gone through the heavens to appear before the presence of God. And so when Jesus Christ died, if you remember on the Sabbath day, when the women went there to, to put the anointing oil or to anoint the body of Jesus Christ, they didn't find him there. And so when Mary saw somebody in the garden and thought that a person was the gardener and wanted to ask the person that where have you put our messiah where have you put us our master jesus christ told him jesus christ revealed himself to him to her and she realized that was jesus when she was about to tell jesus jesus christ said don't touch me because i have to go into the heavens first i have to go and present myself to god first and so just like what happened in the old temple where the high priest had to go before the presence of God with blood, Jesus Christ went into the temple in heaven with blood to show that he has paid for the sins of the world. He has paid for the sins of the whole world. He has bought the whole world with his blood. And so what Jesus did on that Sabbath day when he resurrected was that he went into the temple in heaven and showed himself to the Father showed the blood to the father and it was only after this time that anybody else could touch his hand it was important that jesus christ has to go before the father and show himself to him that he has paid the price that his blood has been shed just like in the old testament when the old when the priest of old went into the temple of god with blood for the forgiveness of the sins for himself and for the uh, uh, for the for the people Jesus went into the temple of heaven to show himself to the Father. 
And so when Moses was building the temple here on earth, God gave him specific measurement. God gave him specific instructions on how he was supposed to build the temple because the temple on earth was an example of the temple in heaven. So there's a true temple, there's a true tabernacle in heaven. And so God gave Moses the dimensions, gave him the specifications, gave him even the decoration and the colors he was supposed to use. And God told Moses that you are supposed to build the temple according to this same pattern that I've shown you. And the Bible tells us that the temple that Moses built was a replica, was an example of the true tabernacle in heaven that is not built with the hands of men. And so everything that happened in the Old Testament, the Bible says, is a shadow. It was covered. The people who participated in those things don't even understand what God was trying to tell them. But we, we thank God in the fullness of time, God has revealed all these things to us and has given us an understanding. And so the Jesus Christ passed through the heavens and went before God. And the Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but he was in all points tempted as we are. The Bible in verse 15 is telling us that we don't have a high priest who cannot feel our weaknesses. And that is why Jesus Christ had to become a man. He had to become a man so that at some point he will get tired and sleep even in the midst of the storm. He had to become a man so that he can become hungry. He has to become a man so that he will know what the lust of the flesh is, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. He had to become a man to be tempted with all these things so that when we go through temptation, when we go through all this temptation, Jesus Christ understands how it feels like to go through that temptation. And that's why the Bible says, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. And so Jesus knows our weakness. And it's so, it's, it's so exciting that we have a high priest who is before God and he knows how we feel. We don't have a high priest who is separated from our feelings, who is separated from our weakness, and who cannot understand when we say we are tired, who cannot understand when we face temptation and we are praying for help. Jesus Christ understands it when we are going through the lust of the flesh and we are praying that, Father, we need you to help us, Lord. When we are going through the lust of the eye and we say, Lord, we need you to help us right now. He understands what it is. And so the Bible says he was tempted at all points. Now, people will say Jesus Christ was not tested with some of the drugs that we have now. He wasn't tested with some of the things that we face on the internet right now. He wasn't tested with some of the, um, you know, but Bible says he was tested at all points. There are only three types of sins in the world. Every sin that you see here on earth will fall under these three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so when the Bible says Jesus was tested at all points, it means Jesus was tested with all these three. Every sin that you can see today on earth is under, it's one of these three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And Jesus Christ was tempted with all these. And that's why the Bible says that he was tested at all points. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin. When the devil came to Jesus Christ, he said, if you are the son of man, won't you turn this stone into bread? The lust of the flesh. Jesus was fasting and he was hungry at that point. 
The devil said, Turn this stone into bread. But he came against the devil with the word. And then he took him to a place. And he showed him, he showed him the last of the eye. He showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, These things will I will give to you if you bow down and you worship me. He showed him that's the last of the eye. And he said he was going to give all these things to him if he was going to bow down to worship the pride of life. And so Jesus Christ was tempted at all points, yet he did not sin. It was the same temptation that Adam faced in the garden. The last of the flesh, the last of the eye, the pride of life. They saw that the fruit was good for food, the last of the, um, the eye. And, and he, he saw, he first of all saw, he saw that again, he knew that it was good for food, the last of the flesh. And then he desired to make one wise. He was able to make one wise, the last, uh, uh, the pride of life. And so every sin that you people will ever commit is under one of these three. And that's why the Bible says Jesus was tempted at all points, yet he was without sin. He had to become like a man and go through the things that we go through so that he will understand how we feel when we go through temptation. And because he was able to go through without sin, he's able to help us when we go through difficult times. He even understands us when we fall. He understands us when we don't meet to that standard. And that is why he has sent the helper to help us. Amen. And so Jesus Christ had to become a man to be able to perform his role as a high priest. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, now this, now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, minister of the sanctuary and of the tabernacle which the Lord Erected. This is what I said earlier, and not a man. And so Jesus Christ is a minister in a tabernacle which is in heaven, which has been erected by God himself, and which was not built by a man. And so Jesus is the high priest in heaven. And right now, he is performing his priestly duties. And we'll see it as we go on. In verse 5, the Bible says, who served the copy of a shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern you shown you on the mountain. And so when God took Moses to the mountain, he showed him a pattern of the tabernacle and he told him that it is important be note and take be uh, be, be sure that everything that you are going to build, everything that I've shown you will be built according to the pattern that I've shown you on the mountain. And so Moses was to make sure that he builds the temple according to what God has shown him. Now, what are some of the duties? I'm going to just mention three responsibilities of the high priest in the Old Testament. The first one was that the high priest makes atonement for the sins of men. The high priest was responsible for making atonement for the sins of men. In Hebrews chapter 9, from verse 6, the Bible says, Now when these things had, 
had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the service. And into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood which he offered for himself and for the people's sins. And so the high priest was to go in there and make atonement for the sins of the people. That was one of the responsibilities of the high priest. The other priest would be in the outer court, but the high priest would go in the inner court and make atonement for the sins. And so one of the things that the high priest did in the Old Testament was to make atonement for the sins of the people. Whenever the high priest went into the temple, they had stones here on their breastplate that had the names the, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So what happens is that whenever they went into the temple of God, they went with the people on their shoulder. And so when Jesus Christ went into the temple of heaven, he went with all of us on his shoulder. And that is why the Bible says we are with him in the presence of God. Everything that happened in the Old Testament was a shadow of the New Testament, which has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so whenever the high priest was going into the temple and he had the, the Urim and Terum, which had the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he went into the temple and was pleading for the sins or was making atonement so that the sins of the people would be covered, he was praying for all the people that their sins would be forgiven. And that was one of the responsibilities of the high priest. Now, the second responsibility of the high priest in the Old Testament was that they were mediators between God and man. And so when the people wanted to know anything about God, they were anything that God was doing or something that God was doing, they would go to the high priest to find out. If Israel, when Israel was going for battle, when Israel was going for war, they would first of all go to the high priest and find out from him that are we supposed to go? Is God, has God granted us permission to go? And so the high priest was the mediator, was the one who communicated. When God, when God wanted to talk to the people, he would talk to the high priest, and then the high priest would communicate to the people. When the people wanted, had a request, they would come and tell the high priest, and the high priest would tell God. So he was the mediator. He, the high priest was the one who stood between God and the people. And Jesus Christ, I, I mean, I'm, let me just add the third point first. The third point is that the high priest, before I add the third point, let's read Hebrews chapter 11. No, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. The Bible says that, But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of, of this creation, not with the blood of goat and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once, having obtained redemption. And so Jesus Christ, just like the old covenant, where the, the, the high priest went into the temple of God with blood, went to the presence of God with blood, Jesus Christ went into the presence of God, the, holy, the most holy place once with his blood. Now, in the Old Testament, they had to go every year. But Jesus Christ went there once and he doesn't have to go there again because the veil was torn 
when Jesus died. The veil was what separated the innermost place from the outer court. The veil was what separated the people from the presence of God. But when Jesus Christ died, access was granted to the presence of God. And so, even in death, the people could not go into the presence of God. And so they went to a place that was called Abraham's bosom when they died. Because access to the presence of God was not granted. Nobody could go to the presence of God until the death of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ died, the saints who were in Adam's, um, Abraham's bosom were transferred to the presence of God. And so this was the only time that people would get access to the presence of God. And that is why the death of Jesus Christ is so important to us and brought to us the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God in our lives. If we understand the price that Jesus had to pay to give us access to the presence of God, we will cherish that presence that is in our lives. The presence that the Old Testament people did not have. They couldn't have experienced the presence of God. They couldn't have gone to the presence of God. Even the high priest, when he went into the presence of God, he had to be so careful that he does not die in the presence of God. And oh, how gracious has Jesus Christ been to us that we have this presence with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because Jesus, our high priest, has gone into the inner temple once with his blood. And that is the power that is in the blood of Jesus that has qualified us and has granted us the grace to be able to carry the presence of God and not die. The holy presence of God, it tells you that is the power that is in the blood of Jesus that has purged us and made us so holy that God granted us his presence in the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so the presence of God is such a prized possession of the believer that we don't have to take for granted. But most of the times, because we don't have an understanding of what the presence of God means to us, what it means to God himself, what it means to Jesus Christ, we take it for granted. And that is why I always say that walking in purity comes with understanding. It is not an, an issue of laws, do this and don't do this. It comes with an understanding of who you are and what God has done for you. Once you understand the love of God, once you understand the grace of God and you understand your position in Christ, it's no more an issue of do's and don'ts, but you understand who you are and what the presence of God means to you. Amen. And so Jesus Christ, our high priest, went into the presence of God, showed himself to the Father. And when he showed him, that's why he said, I am going and when I go, I will send the helper. No, they couldn't have received the helper until the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It had to be so that Jesus had to die and resurrect again, go into the presence of God and tell God that, look, I have paid the price. After that time, God permitted that the Holy Spirit be sent to the earth. At that point, man was qualified to carry the presence of God. At that point, anyone who has accepted or who accepts Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior gets permission to carry the presence of God. And so the death of Jesus Christ was not just for the forgiveness of sin. 
the end result of the death of Jesus Christ was so that we will get the presence of God. And so when you ask a believer, why did some believers, why did Jesus Christ die? They would just say he died so that our sins would be forgiven. That is a means to an end. The end was that we will carry the presence of God. That was why Jesus Christ died. He died so that our sins will be forgiven, so that we will be qualified to carry the presence of God. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden was the presence of God. And so Jesus Christ restored that presence. And so when you are a believer, whether you are dead or you are alive, you are in the presence of God. You will be in the presence of God. Right now, Jesus has carried all of us into the presence of God. And so the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. And so as Jesus is sitting right now, like the high priest will, will take the 12 tribes of Israel and carry them on his shoulder to the presence of God, Jesus Christ has carried us with him. And we are with him, seated in heaven. And so today, your name is in heaven. God knows you because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And how I wish that every believer will understand their place in the presence of God. We are seated with God in heavenly places. Amen. And it's all because of our high priest who went into the temple. Now, the other responsibility of the high priest was that the high priest made intercession for the people. The high priest, when he carried the 12 tribes of Israel, he was praying for their sins. He was praying for the forgiveness of their sins. He was praying when there was a pandemic, when there was a sickness, when there was something that affected the people of Israel. The high priest goes into the presence of God and makes intercession for them. He prayed for them. And so in Hebrews chapter 7, in Hebrews chapter 7, from verse 23, 25 the Bible says that also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing what this means is that in the past there have been so many priests there have been a lot of priests because death prevented those priests from performing their responsibilities continually. And, and that is why the old covenant was so imperfect. Because the high priest could not continue forever. The high priest will only continue as long as he is still alive. And so the Bible says the priest of old, the high priest of old, were prevented from continuing. And that's why there have been so many high priests since the beginning of the old covenant, uh, uh, the commandment was given till the time Jesus Christ came. There has always been a high priest. There have been so many of them. But let's listen. The Bible says, but because he continues forever, he has an unchanged priesthood. This is talking about Jesus Christ. All those high priests could not do they could not do the service alone because they were limited as men. But the Bible says because Jesus Christ continues forever, he is able to finish his priesthood. He is able to complete his work as a, as a priest because Jesus Christ is alive forever. And so you have to know as a believer that Jesus Christ is alive making intercession for you. Jesus Christ is alive pleading your cause in heaven because he is a high priest who is not going to die. The Bible says, therefore he is able to save to the outermost 
those who are who come to God through him since he's always alive to make intercession for them. Jesus, the Bible is saying Jesus Christ is able to save. He's the only high priest who is able to save completely because he is always alive in the presence of God, making intercession for us. The Bible did not tell us that Mary will be praying for us. The Bible did not tell us that Mary will be making intercession for us. Some people believe that um, they can ask Mary to make intercession for them. But the Bible tells us that there is only one mediator between God and man. The Bible says that Jesus is the one who is making intercession for us. Hallelujah. In the presence of God, when there's any accusation against us, Jesus is the one who stands in the gap for us before God and reminds God that he has paid for our righteousness. And so when the devil brings any accusation against us, Jesus Christ said, it has been paid for. I paid for their righteousness. I paid for their health. I paid for their forgiveness. I paid for their life. And so no accusation against them will be able to stand because I have paid the price. And when you have, when you have a lawyer, when you go to court, there's a lawyer in, in court who speaks for you. And so you don't have to talk. All you have to do is that you have delegated the lawyer to speak for you. And you are... You are trusting the lawyer to plead your cause. And so Jesus Christ is our high priest who is our lawyer before God. And he's pleading our cause. He's speaking for us. He's ensuring that our case will be heard before the presence of God. Hallelujah. And so we have a high priest who is in heaven right now, seated in the presence of God, making intercession for us. And so when you think that there's no one praying for you, Remember the scripture that he is seated in heaven. He always make intercession for them. He always, not at one time, not at one, one point, not in the mornings, not in the afternoon. He's always making it. And if the Bible says always, I want to believe what the Bible says is true. He's making intercession for us always. Hallelujah. It is so great. It is so exciting to know that God knows our name because there is a man, there is, there is a man before God who is mentioning our name to God every time and is telling God about us every time. The next thing is that the, the, the high priest was Jesus Christ. I, I think I already, met, I already mentioned that the high priest was a mediator between God and man. And now the Bible tells us that there is only one mediator between God and man. And that is Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And so Jesus Christ is our mediator. He is the one that when we want to get to God, we go through Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to pray through any other person. We cannot go to God through any other person. We cannot go to God through the, uh, uh, um, the prophets of old. We cannot go to God through any other vessel that was used in the New Testament by God. To fulfill his purpose but we can go to god through jesus christ the bible says there is one mediator now and so 
the 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 things that were done by the um the Old Testament priest, the high priest, one that is making atonement for the people, two interceding, make um making sacrifices for the people, three, sorry, let me take it again, one making atonement for the sins of the people, two. He offered sacrifices for the people. Three, he was the mediator between the people and God. And four, he is making intercession, if you want to add that. And so, Jesus Christ is now playing this role on our behalf. He has finished with the atonement. And because the Bible says he did that once, he doesn't have to do it over and over again. Other than that, that would mean that Jesus Christ will have to die every year. But no. The death that he died once was enough. He said it is finished. When he said it is finished, it meant that the price is fully paid. Hallelujah. And so Jesus Christ offered himself. Look, the difference between the priesthood of Jesus Christ and the priesthood of the Old Testament is that they all brought the blood of goats and blood of sheep to offer before God. But when Jesus and the, the, the Bible tells us that the goats that they brought, the sheep that they brought, had to be without blemish. They had to be pure. And that is why Jesus Christ didn't have to take upon him the sin nature because if Jesus had took upon him the sin nature, the corruptible seed of a man, if he was born by the corruptible seed of a man, then he wouldn't qualify to be a, a, a lamb without blemish. But because Jesus was not born of the corruptible seed of a man, he qualifies as a lamb without blemish, just like in the Old Testament. Now, the difference is that the priest will only present the blood of the animal, but Jesus Christ presented his own, his own blood to God when he died. And that is why he was crucified on the cross, because the Old Testament had to be fulfilled, that sins will be forgiven through the blood that was shed. And so when the blood was shed, our sins were not only covered. In the old covenant, the high priest had to come every year because the sins were only covered. And so the next year he will come again and the sins will be covered. But Jesus Christ wiped away the sins. He wiped away our sins. Our sins were totally forgiven. And that is why we have a better covenant than the Old Testament. And that is why we are people who enjoy, we are beneficiaries of the new covenant, which is better than the old one. And so I don't understand why people still want to hold on onto the old covenant when there is a better covenant in place. Jesus offered himself as the lamb and, and if you remember, that is why when John the Baptist introduced Jesus Christ, he said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Jesus took all the sins of the world away and he did it once and he does not have to do it over and over again. And so Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says, For every high priest was taken from among men, and is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for their sins. 
That is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. Every high priest was taken from among men and is appointed from men. And so all the high priests who came, they were selected from among men. They were taken from And that is why Jesus Christ had to become a man. And God promised them that there was going to be one who would come out of your brethren who is going to be the Messiah. It was important that everything that was put in place in the Old Testament be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And when you pay attention to the scriptures, when you pay attention to the Old, uh, New Testament, you see that everything that was instituted in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And today, we have the presence of God because of the blood that was shed for us. The Bible says that blood speaks better things concerning us than the blood of Abel. The blood of Jesus Christ speaks for us in the presence of God. Jesus is our high priest. And he, when he was here on earth, he showed us an example of how we are supposed to live and become victorious. And then he went into heaven. And he sat, when the Bible says he is seated, it meant that the work is complete. And so Jesus Christ sat down. To, 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 as, as, as that is symbolic that the work is complete. All that he's doing now in heaven is he's interceding for us in heaven. And so up to today, the priest, the only ministry that Jesus Christ has now is the priesthood ministry. And that is in heaven right now. Jesus is still ministering to our needs as a high priest in the temple in heaven. And so there was the earth. so if you look at the ministry of jesus christ i'm going to wrap up soon if you look at the ministry of jesus christ before his revelation on earth jesus had a ministry there was the appearances of jesus christ in the old testament he had a ministry as the word of god in creation before his physical appearance that was his ministry he was the word of god and there were some manifestations of jesus in the old testament and then he was born here on earth and he carried his earthly ministry, walked among men, preached the gospel. And then he, when he brought his earthly ministry to an end through death, he went into heaven. And now he is still, he continued with his heavenly ministry, which is now intercession on behalf of the... One day we'll discuss the heavenly ministry of Jesus Christ and the things that he's doing now as our high priest. But the ministry of Jesus Christ is divided into these three that I just mentioned. Before he, manifest, he, he was manifested, he was the word of God and was playing his role in the Old Testament. Then he came to the earth in a physical form, manifested himself, served man, died. And then when he died and resurrected, now he has taken over his... Uh, he's, he, he's, he's still take, uh, he's continuing with his priestly ministry as our high priest. And so the Bible says that we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And his ministry continues forever. And so I want us to be encouraged that Jesus Christ is our high priest. And this translates into our life. When the Bible says we are a royal priesthood, we have a high priest. Just like those days they had a high priest and the other priests also had their service we also have our service as a royal priesthood we are also supposed to make intercession for the people here on earth 
as priest. All the things that the priest of the Old Testament did, we do that in the New Testament. We are the ones who are supposed to do that in the New Testament. That is show forth the glory of God. That is intercede on behalf of the people. And so that is why it is important that as we find ourselves as a church in this community, we are supposed to show forth as a royal priesthood, intercede for our community, plead their cause before God, bring them day and night, praying for salvation for men, because it is part of our priestly duty. Amen. One day we'll take time to discuss our priestly, our priestly duty into details. But today, I just wanted us to, to, to understand that Jesus Christ is our high priest. He, is a, he, he, has all the, he, he understands all the weakness that we go through. And so he's able to make intercession for us. And because he is a high priest who lives forever, he's able to save us completely. The Bible says he's able to save us to the outermost completely and again jesus christ is the only mediator between god and man there is no other name that we can present to god that qualifies but jesus is the only mediator between god and man the reason why jesus christ died is so that we will gain the presence of god i want you to cherish the presence of god in your life i want you to cherish the presence of the holy spirit in your life and that is why we don't, leave, we don't have to live immoral life because the, the cost of holiness, the, what qualified us to get that holy status is such a heavy price that we don't have to um, take for granted. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you that as a high priest, you are making intercession for us. Thank you for the blood that continues to speak for us jesus mighty name we pray lord as we give you all the praise for your presence in our lives oh god in jesus name we ask that your presence will continue to defend and speak for us your presence will bring us understanding holy spirit will receive your help in our lives in jesus mighty name we pray with thanksgiving amen Hallelujah.